When I realized that I needed to do something differently, the thing that I most realized was that I needed to stop trying to do hard things just for the sake of doing hard things. I needed to stop equating hard work with success. I needed to start looking at what felt and truly was easy and fun for me. My audience never changed. I did. Your people in your audience have been waiting for you. You get to shift so that you can show up and start making sales from this audience. Welcome to Selling Chocolate, the podcast where I am sharing the tactical steps, mindset shifts, and strategies that will help big-hearted entrepreneurs like you expand your visibility, impact, and income, and create consistent five-figure months doing work you love doing in the way you love doing it. Around here, we call that sustainable success. I'm your host, Carly Jo Bell, cat lady, business coach, product and service-based business owner, and the founder of Whole Co Media. By tuning into this episode today, you are showing your brain that not only is it possible for you to create genuinely sustainable success in your business, it's also a reality that is available to you right now. And now all you need to do is listen and then choose to take the aligned next step toward your version of sustainable success. So let's dive in. There are people in your audience who are ready to buy. I know that that may sound like maybe a nice platitude or an affirmation or a mantra or something like that, but when I say it, I really truly mean it in the most literal sense of the words. There are people in your audience right now who are ready to buy. Let me show you that this is actually true because it is. How do I know that there are people in the world who are ready to buy? And not only that, how do I know that there are people in your world right now who are ready to buy? So let's just start by very, very like clearly, easily, et cetera, looking here at what it is that you're selling, right? For example, I'm a business coach. There are always people in the world looking for business coaches, right? I'm sure that you have looked for a business coach at one point, or maybe you're looking for one right now. If so, hello, let's chat. (laughs) Um, Maybe you have been in another Facebook group with other business owners and you see posts by people who are asking like, what good business coaches do you know? I think I need a business coach. Any good recommendations? Are you a business coach? I'm looking for a business coach, right? We can all agree that there are always people in the world, just in the world at large, looking for a business coach, right? We can all agree on that. So if we can all agree on that, then if I'm a business coach and I'm creating content that is related to business coaching and I'm showing up in the world and I'm talking about business coaching topics, then why would there be people in my audience who are not at all interested in business coaching, but are actually looking for help training their dog? I'm not talking about how to train your dog. I don't know how to train dogs. (laughs) Why would they be following me? Why would they join the Big Hearted Entrepreneurs Facebook group? Why would they be on my email list? Why would they be reading my emails? Why would they be engaging with my posts, showing up to my lives? Why would they be listening to my podcast if they weren't at all interested in what me as a business coach and what I as a business coach am talking about, am saying, am showing them how to do. 
why would I have people in my audience who weren't at all interested in business coaching? There is no reason why people would be joining my audience except for the fact that they are interested for themselves in the things that I'm talking about, right? Let's think about it just very logically here. You don't follow or engage with or read the emails of businesses that sell something that you aren't actually truly interested in. Okay, one caveat to that is, of course, I am definitely on a few email lists, and the only reason I'm there is for some competitor research, and I more than likely will never buy. But for the most part, you only follow and engage with and pay attention to businesses that sell things that you are interested in. So let's think about your business. Maybe you're an energy healer or you're a social media strategist. Maybe you're a Squarespace website designer, a photographer, copywriter, life coach, microdosing guide, a doula, right? (laughs) Whatever you are. Can we first and foremost agree that there are always people in the world, just the world at large, let's just start there. Can we first and foremost agree that there are always people in the world who are looking for what you sell? Can you agree that there are always people in the world looking for what you sell? You don't have to know them right now. You don't even have to know of them right now. They don't even have to be like your perfectly aligned ideal customer. But can we just agree that yes, there are always people looking for a life coach, people looking for an energy healer, people having babies looking for a doula, people looking for brand photos, website copy, social media strategy. Are there always people in the world looking for the thing that you sell? Yes. (laughs) Obviously, right? There's always people looking for that thing that you're selling. So once we can agree on that, then let's look at your audience, right? Let's make this personal now. Have you been talking about the thing that you sell? Have you been talking about those problems, questions, experiences, that someone who is looking for or who needs your type of services, are you talking about their problems, their questions, their experiences, the things that they are currently facing, asking, and experiencing? Now, looking at whatever size audience you have right now, right, where we can talk about the audience sizes in another moment, but just whatever size audience you have right now, I don't care if that's 10 people, I don't care if that's 10,000 people, but would it make sense For those people to follow you or to join your Facebook group or to listen to your podcast, to be on your email list, to engage with your content if they weren't remotely interested in what you do, right? Of course, you're going to have some friends, you're going to have some family, business besties, et cetera, in your audience. That's completely normal. But no matter what size of audience you have or how many people consistently engage with your content, Would it make sense for the rest of those people to be in your audience if they weren't at all interested in the things that you're talking about? And if they are interested in the things that you're talking about, and we know that you are talking about things that are related to what you sell, wouldn't it make sense that there were people in your audience who wanted the thing that you were selling, who maybe even were actively looking for the thing that you were selling, and that is how they ended up in your world? wouldn't it make sense that you have people in your audience who are ready to buy? Maybe not every single person in your audience is ready to buy, but maybe they will be at some point. That's okay. But wouldn't it make sense that you have people in your audience right now who are ready to buy? 
before I believed this for myself, I was really, really struggling to make sales. I was that person who was commenting on every single hiring post that I could find in Facebook groups. I was posting daily and just honestly so consistently. I was spending hours a day on social media trying to engage with the quote-unquote right people and grow my audience. I was doing everything that I could possibly think to do, and yet I was getting nowhere. No one was buying. Okay, fine. A couple people on occasion were buying, but there was no consistency. And also most of them weren't actually coming from my audience. They were coming from random other places like referrals or even an old post that I had put on Gumtree, which is the Australian version of Craigslist. And naturally this kept reinforcing the belief that there are not people in my audience who are ready to buy. And so that turned into some true desperation. If I'm being totally honest here, I started getting desperate in all areas of my business. And that desperation was particularly apparent in my content. I was trying to convince people in my audience that they needed to work with me. I was doing all of this stuff to essentially say, hey, look, you know, I'm different. And I would try to create all this educational content that was like, why you need this or why working with me is a good investment. I even sometimes went so far as to, without meaning to, almost like scare them into a purchase by creating content that was saying things like, you know, here's what's going to happen if you don't have this. (laughs) I was also trying to do a lot of value-based content, things where I was giving these quick tips and these ideas, these strategies, and I was just giving so much information without actually selling because I felt like I needed to prove to people in my audience that I had something of value for them to buy. This meant that I was creating so much content. I was creating more and more and more and more and more content all the time. I was like, maybe people aren't seeing it. Maybe I should go live. Maybe I also need to do stories. Well, maybe I should get on another platform. Maybe, 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 maybe I should do all of these things. Maybe they don't know me. Maybe they don't trust me. They don't like me. (laughs) Maybe I need to prove to them that I can be trusted. I was doing so many different things. And without even realizing, I kind of went into this like spray and pray approach, right? Where it was like, just get it out everywhere and hope that eventually someone is going to notice me. Hope that eventually someone is going to say, oh my gosh, yes, you are amazing. That's who I want to work with. (laughs) And looking back, I was doing all of these things because truly at my core, I didn't believe that there were people in my audience who were ready to buy. I was frantic. I was desperate. And it constantly felt like I need this to work. I need to get a new client. I need to make a sale. Because yes, of course, you know, I needed more money. And at that point, I was definitely living in survival at the time. But the thing I didn't realize then was that I could very practically need a new client, right? Need the money. And I didn't have to try and force it to happen by doing all of these things, by just constantly adding more and more and more to my plate, by constantly trying to provide more and more and more and more and more and more and more more value. It didn't feel like sales were going to happen. And so I felt like I had to force them to happen. I had to make the sale happen by the skin of my teeth 
keep on pushing and pushing and pushing. And the more I pushed, the more it didn't work. And the more desperate I got, the more frantic my energy, the more content, the more different types of content I tried creating. And this continuing cycle really blinded me from the reality that what I was doing clearly wasn't working. So eventually I came to a place where I honestly couldn't keep going how I was anymore. (laughs) I had just had a failed lunch. I had spent yet another hour crying to my boyfriend about how hard it was to make sales. And I essentially hit that moment where it felt like my options were either figure this fucking shit out (laughs) or quit my business. And I didn't want to quit my business. There was no plan B. And so my only option became figure this shit out. And for the second time in my business, I realized something powerful. If I want different results, I have to do something differently. And though I didn't know it then, this is actually the moment that started to change everything in my business that brought me to a completely different level in my business. Now, let's be real here. The realization of if I want different results, I have to do something differently didn't immediately lead me to knowing, hey, there are people in my audience who are already ready to buy. (laughs) And in order to get there, where I actually knew with every fiber of my being that there were people in my audience who are ready to buy, which meant I didn't need to go into such frantic, desperate, like striving energy. In order for me to get there, a few different things had to happen. I had to actually, first and foremost, do something differently. (laughs) And when I did that different thing, I got a little taste of success, which really encouraged me to keep trying to do different things because I realized like, wait, hang on a second, this thing is working, right? Why don't I do more of this thing that's working rather than those other things that weren't working and that were just draining my energy? And it was only through that now quote-unquote repeated success that I came to the realization of, wait a second. There have been people in my audience this entire time who have been ready to buy. The people who were purchasing from me after I started doing things differently were people that had already been in my audience for a while. They were people who watched my stories, who liked my posts, who sometimes commented, or maybe they voted on polls and stories back when I was on Instagram. There were also some people who were buying that I had no idea were even paying attention to me but they had been in my audience for a while and only by me doing something different were they ready to purchase. So what did I do differently? And what was that spark that brought all of these people who had been in my audience not buying (laughs) for a while at that point? What was that spark that brought all of these people to buy? When I realized that I needed to do something differently, the thing that I most realized was that I needed to stop trying to do hard things just for the sake of doing hard things. I needed to stop equating hard work with success. I needed to start looking at what felt and truly was easy and fun for me. Up until that point, I had genuinely thought, you know, if I just keep pushing and I keep doing these really hard things right now, these things that absolutely drain my energy, these things that I actually really don't want to be doing, <laughs> then I will eventually work my way into ease. I'm going to do all these hard things now, all of these just like things that completely drain me, that completely like do not feed my soul. I'm going to do all of these really, really, really hard 
draining things right now, and I will eventually earn my ease. I'll eventually land in this place where my work, my client relationships, my energy expenditure just feels easy and flowy and great. But in that moment of realizing I needed to do something differently, I saw very clearly that this approach of hard work equals success was burning me out. This light the candles at both ends and make it work mentality was only hurting me, not helping me. I had been doing that for over a year at that point, and all it had brought to me was exhaustion, and I couldn't keep going like that. I didn't choose to follow what felt easy because I wanted to. I literally chose to follow what felt easy because I had to. I knew from past experiences where this like work really hard all the time and put the nose to the grindstone and like make things happen. I knew where that led. It led to breakdown. And I knew that I did not want to go there again. So what was hard for me and what actually felt easy for me? Let me just be clear here that there are going to be things that feel challenging to you. You know, any kind of growth tends to bring things that feel challenging. But the question is, is it an actual like productive challenge that is encouraging you to grow in some way? Or is it challenging you in a completely unproductive, unnecessary way, right? If we're looking at what was hard for me, what felt easy for me, the thing that I loathed the most at that point in my business was having to deliver deliverables (laughs) to clients. At that point, I was doing brand strategy work and I had to create deliverables, aka their brand strategy. And what I loved the most at that point in my work was actually coaching those clients, helping them see themselves and their own brand authentically, helping them step into their unique power and use that to build their business beyond anywhere it had previously been. And so I asked myself, you know, what could my business look like if I got rid of this thing that I loathe, these deliverables? I went full force into those things that I love, coaching clients. Well, that was a wake-up call for me because in that moment, I let myself finally realize something that I had genuinely always known but hadn't ever wanted to admit. I wanted to be a coach. Yuck. (laughs) That was my first reaction. So many thoughts came into my head. It was things like, you know, all coaches do is just coach coaches. It's basically a pyramid scheme or There's so many sleazy coaches who rip people off and never deliver. I don't want to be associated with that. Or what do coaches even do? Their work isn't even valuable, right? What would make my work valuable and worth the investment if I'm no longer delivering something to clients? And of course, the hardest one to overcome for me was who am I to be a coach? I don't have a coaching certification. I don't have a master's degree. Who am I to be a coach? And by the way, I have since worked with many clients (laughs) who have had the exact same reaction when they first realize that they want to be a coach. In fact, I actually usually really hear it with people who want to become life coaches. They're basically like, you know, I want to work with people to help them transform in this way, but I don't want to be a coach. Then they go on to say all the same things that I did when I first made that transition. So we're definitely going to have to like talk more about how to overcome that and how to coach in a way that truly feels ethical and powerful to you in another conversation. But for me, I didn't make that jump into business coaching immediately. And looking back, I'm really glad I didn't. And a lot of it was mindset things that were holding me back. But 
truthfully, I think it was actually the best approach for me. Because for me at that point, how I understood coaching was essentially creating like a six-month, multi-four-figure, even a five-figure one-on-one coaching package. And if that was what I had to do at that point, that would have completely freaked my nervous system out. It would not have been good for me. It would have been really hard for me to actually even sell that package, etc. Because I wasn't really fully ready to own my title as business coach. And so instead, I chose the easy thing. I chose to run a few really small offers, like a paid workshop, a course, etc. And for me, this was the perfect solution because I could use these small offers to hone in my process. It was a short time investment, so I didn't have to get too anxious about working with people for a really long time. And then I decided to run these things live, right? Even my courses, I ran them live with weekly trainings so that I could adapt my trainings specifically to the people who were there. And that also allowed me to use the expertise that I had already gained by working with private brand strategy clients, but then test out and really practice my abilities to teach and coach before fully owning that title of coach. And probably most importantly, for me at that point with where I was in my business, it was so wonderful that because I was doing these small offers, I was able to charge just a tiny little investment, (laughs) a couple hundred dollars to the people who signed up for these offers. Previous to this moment, I had actually felt like I couldn't charge low ticket and like I had to charge high ticket because, you know, there's all this conversation about you have to charge your worth, you have to charge your worth. But in that moment, again, in that moment of realizing if I want different results, I have to do something differently, I kind of started to ask myself, what would it look like if I just allowed myself to pick up some momentum by making some money rather than constantly struggling against myself to sell at these higher ticket price points that really just don't seem to be selling right now? Now, quick caveat here is that this was my process. Your process of doing something differently might look completely different to mine. For example, maybe you're going to choose to go straight into a six-month one-on-one coaching offer that's priced at a high-ticket price point, right? Like, if that's you, that's great. (laughs) You get to do what's aligned for you. That's why the whole co-motto says, look external for ideas, but internal for answers. You get to use my experience as an idea of what's possible and available, but ultimately you get to look inward and see what the right next step is for you. So for me, once I landed on an offer that felt really good, really simple, really easy, then again, I did something differently. I started actually selling. If we're being honest, I had totally thought that I was selling prior to this moment. But at that time, when I looked really honestly at myself, I looked at the content I had been creating. I looked at the conversations I had been having, even the sales conversations. I was barely selling. I would add a call to action to a post, but in that post, I wasn't actually talking about how following that call to action was going to help you get some result that you wanted. I was creating content that showed my expertise, and I was just hoping that that would magically sell for me. I was occasionally talking about my offers and my content, but basically what I was doing was just saying, here's how to work with me. You can do this, you can do this, you can do this. But I wasn't actually painting the picture of what was going to happen. I didn't talk about the results what was going to happen on the other side of that offer when that person had fully experienced that transformation. I was going live, I was doing trainings, but I was only mentioning ways to work with me and I was never giving a full pitch. 
And even when I had sales calls, <laughs> I really wasn't actually selling on the sales call. More often than not, I ended up coaching the person who was on this call. And I was hoping that my coaching would sell for me rather than actually giving myself the full space to really actively and intentionally sell my offer to this person on this call who was actually obviously interested in working with me or buying from me because that's why they booked the call. When I started doing something differently, I started to actually sell. It was messy. I was definitely not perfect or even great at it, but I was consistently and actively and intentionally. And for me at the time, it felt really boldly. I was selling. This was made easier, of course, by the fact that I was now selling these super low ticket offers. It just, to me, seemed like such an obvious yes for my people. I was like, the price point is so cheap. The value is so good. It just was so easy for me to sell because I knew it was going to be worth the investment. And then there was one more thing I did differently. I got off Instagram. I loathed being on Instagram. (laughs) Again, when I asked that question of like, what feels really hard? What feels like something I really, truly like just don't want to do? And it just goes so against everything. And that feels good to me. It was Instagram. I just really didn't like Instagram. Whereas when I thought about what feels really easy and fun and really like just so good for me, I went into my Facebook group and I went full force into my kind of at that point, pretty new Facebook group. It had only been around for a few months. I simplified down from all of these different platforms. I was trying to be on LinkedIn at the time. I was like looking at dabbling into Clubhouse. I was trying to kind of go full force into all these different marketing platforms. But instead, again, I went from, I have to do all of these things to what can I do differently? And I simplified down to one marketing platform, my Facebook group. And then of course I kept using email as a support for that one platform. And in going really focused there, I was able to go deep rather than going wide and trying to be everywhere and in front of everyone and doing everything. Now, here's what happened when I started doing things differently. I very quickly learned, like literally talking about in the span of a couple of months, I learned that the problem or the reason why I wasn't making sales was never that there are not people in my audience who want to buy. It was never my audience is just too small or I've tapped them out. I've sold all that I'm going to possibly sell from my audience. It was never that. It was never all my ideal clients are just going to work with my competitors because my competitors are better than me. It was never that. The problem always was I have people in my audience who want to work with me. I'm just not selling them the things that they want. I'm not speaking to them in the way that they will resonate with. And above all, I'm not actually doing work that I really truly want to be doing. And my audience can feel that. And as soon as I took even one small step into doing work I love doing, my audience started paying attention. As soon as I created an offer that just felt so obvious and easy and like exactly what my people needed, my audience started engaging. As soon as I started actively and intentionally, boldly, and consistently selling and going deep rather than trying to cast a really wide net, my audience started buying. My audience never changed. I did. And when I shifted more into alignment and got clearer on what I was offering, it got easier to sell and my audience started buying. 
This whole season of Selling Chocolate is about how to move the people in your audience from audience member to lead to client. And in order to help your audience make that shift, you have to shift first. So here's your invitation. Pause what you're doing right now. Head over to sellingchocolatepod.com and click on the season four resource page. And that's where you're going to be able to download that season four companion guide. In this companion guide, I've included a simple and straightforward process for you to figure out what you need to shift in your business right now in order to start getting more leads and making more sales, more than likely from the audience you already have. Because again, there are people in your audience who are ready to buy. Why would they be in your audience if they weren't actually interested in what you are doing and what you are selling? So now you get to really shift what you're doing. You get to start connecting with those people in your audience who have been waiting for you to show up in your power, who've been waiting for you to do work that you are genuinely excited to do, who've been waiting for you to sell offers at price points that all just feel so aligned and wonderful that you are just 100% behind them. Your people in your audience have been waiting for you. So you get to shift so that you can show up and start making sales from this audience. Before we go, one final story. I was working with an Expand client recently who had been doing one thing in her business for quite a while. She was really good at it, but it wasn't truly what she enjoyed doing. And she actually had plans to slightly pivot her work into working with a more aligned, kind of a higher caliber of audience. And she also wanted to start offering services that were more wholly in her zone of genius, that stuff that she just was innately equipped to do that just was so energizing for her to do. She wanted to start shifting into doing more of that zone of genius work and less of that zone of excellence work, that work that she was good at, but that just really drained her energy. And when she told me this, oh my gosh, I was so excited (laughs) because I know from personal experience how much easier it is to make money, make sales, to get new clients, et cetera, even to market our businesses when we're doing things that we love doing in the way that we love doing them. I know how much easier it is to continue building your business beyond 5K months, 10K months, 30K months when you are doing work you love doing in the way that you love doing it. I was so excited for her to make this shift. And then she told me that she was planning on making this shift over the next three years. She was going to keep building up her current work, keep focusing on the clients she currently had, keep focusing on really establishing herself in this industry. So that way she had a really solid foundation under her. And she's going to start slowly shifting into the work that she actually wanted to be doing. And I remember at one point, way before this conversation with this client, I had said something similar to an old mentor of mine. My mentor had told me I needed to raise my prices. (laughs) At that point, I was charging only a few hundred dollars for full brand strategy work. And she told me I needed to raise my prices and I needed to work with a slightly more elevated audience, a slightly higher caliber of audience, a slightly more solid, right? Like solid business owner audience, the kind of person who could truly benefit from brand strategy work. So I came back to our next kind of session and I told her, okay, I'm going to gradually raise my rates over the next three years so I can slowly start building up my audience with this new caliber of client. And then she asked me the exact same question that I asked my client recently. Why? 
why wait so long? Why wait to start doing the work you love doing in the way you love doing it? Why wait to work with the audience that can truly benefit from your work? Why wait to start charging price points that accurately convey the value of the work that you're doing? You see, there's a time to move slowly and methodically. There's also a time to jump. (laughs) If you have a really established business with dozens or hundreds of clients and you're bringing in tens of thousands or maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars per month and you're doing so in a way that is really sustainable for you, your team, etc., okay, sure, you might benefit from moving a touch more slowly, a little bit more intentionally as you pivot, as you raise your rates, etc. But this wasn't the case for this client and it wasn't the case for me. She had been running her business for about a year at that point, and she was averaging one to 3000 per month. When I had that conversation with my mentor, I was pretty much in the same spot. I, again, had been running my business for about a year at that point, and I was averaging one to 3000 per month, which meant that now, not three years from now, when we would really hate our businesses because we had been so focused on building something that we didn't actually want to build, and for me, at completely unsustainable rates, it meant that now was the time to jump. Now was the time to shift. Now was the time to start doing something differently. I'm going to bet that most of you who are listening to this episode and you're considering whether or not you can even shift more wholly into doing the things you love doing in the way that you love doing them at the rate that supports you in thriving while doing this work with the most aligned clients. I'm going to bet that most of you are perfectly positioned to jump. You are perfectly positioned to make this switch, to shift what you're doing in your business, to shift how you're doing it, maybe even to shift who you're working with and at what rates. Most of you are in the exact right place to make a change, no matter how dramatic, because it's actually that change, that shift into more aligned work and more aligned offers and more sustainable business as a whole. It's that shift that will help you reach your goals, financial and other ways. And you don't have to wait for three years for that to happen. If you want help making that jump and doing so strategically with foundations that support you to find success in these new endeavors, in this new type of work, in working with this new type of client at a higher rate, etc., if you want help making that jump, doing so with ease and as seamlessly as possible, then let's chat right? This is an open invitation for you to learn more about how I can help you actually start building truly sustainable success in your business. If that's something you're looking for, head over to expandaccelerator.com. That's expand, E-X-P-A-N-D, accelerator, A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com. I'll see you in the next episode where I am sharing three of my absolute favorite strategies to get new leads. See you there.